session of uh, Guru Mantan 2020. On this, the 74th Independence Day uh, that we are celebrating. And uh, Guru Mantan 2020 is a series of Fifty discussions with educationists and thinkers. It happens every Saturday, seven p.m. to eight p.m., and we have started from the first of August, twenty twenty. A very brief introduction to uh, V Lead. Uh, the V Lead is the Vivekananda Institute for Leadership Development. Uh, v Lead is an initiative of the Swami Vivekananda Youth Movement, and its mission is to develop human and social capital for nation building. By enhancing the potential of individuals and institutions across the development sector, uh, VLEAD engages across four sectors: the government, NGOs, corporates, and the community. This particular series, uh, the uh, Guru Mantan series, is a platform specifically for teachers, particularly during this uh, COVID period, where uh, for them to uh, share, discuss, debate, learn about diverse perspectives and practices in education from across the world. This is going to be a series, like I said, of 50 lectures and interactions with educationist thinkers, and it's going to happen every Saturday over the next. So we have 47 sessions more to go. Uh, we st we started our discussions. Uh, we had a very insp inspiring uh, talk by Dr. Gururaj uh, Karjagi. Professor M K Sridhar's uh, discussion was extremely informative, and today it's a privilege and pleasure to have Sri uh, T S Krishnamurthy, former Chief Election Commissioner, who's going to be talking to us today. And uh, today's uh, session is going to be about the role of teachers in elections, experiential learning, and democracy. And like uh, we all know, it's happening on the 74th Independence Day that uh, this is happening. And uh, the format for the uh, participants here is that uh, the guest speaker would speak for about 20-25 minutes. That will be followed by a moderated Q&A session. That I and my colleague uh, Praveen uh, Kumar, who is the deputy CEO of uh, SVYM, would be uh, moderating, and then that will be followed by a concluding closing remarks by the uh, chief speaker for about 10 to 15 minutes. That's going to be the session. I would now like to. Uh, I would now like to hand over the uh, session, uh, the introduction of the speaker for today to Dr. R. Balasubramaniam. Founder SVYM and Gram, who will introduce our esteemed guest speaker today. Good evening, and uh, good evening to all of you, and wish you all a very happy Independence Day today. It's a great uh, pleasure and a privilege to be introducing someone as accomplished and as well known as the Krishnamurti. You know, uh, it's very rare in the Indian administrative scenario for somebody like me who follows policy, politics, and administration. I always have spoken about and written about the stranglehold of the Indian bureaucracy, especially by the administrative services. You know, there's always the IAS which believes that certain key positions should only be occupied by them and they are the only ones who can think through running this country. I think uh, the first person who actually broke this thinking and demonstrated that administration is not the monopoly of just the IAS, was extraordinarily demonstrated. It was uh, our own Sir Sri Krishnamurti. Uh, he was in the Indian Revenue Service, has, has held several senior administrative positions in government. And uh, I, I, have, I have heard so many stories about him, which I would, don't think I can share it here, of his integrity, of his commitment, his conviction, and his thinking of country first, uh, irrespective of what the consequence of the decision might be. It is very rare to have uh, somebody like that, even to know somebody like that. Uh, it's rarer to have somebody like that who actually made his thoughts on uh, our electoral processes so very well known in his book. And, and you know, for me, uh, it has been such a privilege to have known him, to have interacted with him, to have learned from him, and have read his book. And uh, he was a chief election commissioner, uh, and most of us would know that uh, for four to five years, the chief election commissioner, he saw that elections of um, one uh, prime minister laying down office and the other prime minister taking over and running for this country for 10 years. So when Sri Vajpayee lost the elections and Sri Manmohan Singh's government was formed, uh, Sri Krishnamurti sir was the chief election commissioner at that time. So he, uh, his, uh, I think he also reminded us that he, he did his graduation from Bangalore. I'm not sure if he did his post-graduation from Mysore University. If so, we can take a little claim of that also. 
and uh, so it's a great privilege and honor that we have the independence day lecture today's lecture to be given by you somebody who so strongly believed in uh, democracy and all that uh, india stands for and uh, if i can remember the name of the book i think was it making making election sir what is the i would like to miracle of democracy india's yeah. amazing journey uh, it's a miracle of democracy which india is a miracle of democracy sometimes uh, in my own book i have said india can be a very loud and noisy democracy yeah it is our own cecs who have actually put some sense into it uh, given it some sanity and they are so well known in fact uh, sir has been well known in uh, overseeing elections outside india too and when the supreme court had to get the election of the bcca overseen he was the person who did it for us so it's a privilege sir and we are looking forward to listening to you most of them would be teachers online and these are people from across the state some of them might be outside and you know uh, whenever i interact with teachers elections come they always you know raise this issue saying that uh, why are we the ones who have to be holding on to this uh, election process in the villages especially when we work in the villages i i strongly believe teachers are an inseparable part of democracy and so i thought you talking about this would be so meaningful to all of us so we're looking forward to a very engaging and enlightening session from you sir welcome you once again thank you so much for responding to our request and being here today Uh, thank you, Dr. Balu. Thank you, Mr. Praveen, and um, other members of the team. First of all, let me congratulate you for uh, conducting this kind of a course for the teachers. I think it's a very useful and beneficial initiative. I would also like to convey my Independence Day greetings to all of you. It is very appropriate that we talk about elections on the Independence Day because uh, we, although we got independence in 1947. we became a republic in 1950 maybe nearly about 3 years later the period was taken for formulating our own constitution which is supposed to be the longest written constitution in the world the beauty of the indian constitution is that it has a beautiful blend of the british parliamentary democracy and the us presidential system it has provided for checks and balances so that the parliament the executive that is the cabinet and the uh, the uh, judiciary they all got certain specified checks so that nobody is able to over reach beyond their borders specified in the constitution itself one of the unique features of the indian constitution has been to mention the election commission as a part of the constitution itself in no part of the world in no constitution written or unwritten the election commission has given been given so much of importance as the indian constitution has been given so this is a very important point you have to note it down because it gives a special status to the indian election commission so any change in the functioning of the election commission particularly in the structure of the election commission will have to be done only through a, an amendment of the constitution the second point i would like to stress is i mean i'll briefly describe the features then i'll talk about the role of the teachers in the election the second important feature of the indian election commission is when the election is announced by the election commission until the result is allowed announced by the election commission no court can interfere in the proceedings of the election commission if this provision has not been there i am sure indian elections would have been subject to chaotic consequences in the us election you must have seen many occasion they go to the court and in one election the supreme court of one of the particular they have a supreme court in each state one of the supreme courts of the state decided who is the winner that kind of a situation doesn't arise in india the election commission is the sole arbiter as far as the election conduct of the elections is concerned the result can be questioned in the court through a writ petition in the high court and later on to the supreme court if necessary this is the second important feature the third important feature is the appointment of the election commissioners is mentioned again in the constitution they are uh, the age limit is 65 years or 5 years is the term and they are given the rank of a supreme court judge the election the chief election commissioner can be removed only by impeachment although the intention was that all the election commissioners have to be removed by impeachment unfortunately when the law, when the constitution was drafted they did have only a chief election commissioner and there is a provision for appointing as many election commissioners as may be necessary but then over a period of time I, you all know there was a confrontation between the election commission and the 
Prime Minister, namely Mr. Session and Mr. Narasimha Rao, during which time they passed an act bringing in two more constitutional members to the Election Commission. Initially, they were given only High Court judges' rank, which was again questioned because Mr. Session said he had a Supreme Court judge's rank and so he could boss over them. So that again, the law was amended to give them equal status so that all the three election commissioners have equal status and the chief election commissioner has got a first among equal status and so he decides on important administrative issues relating to the election. Now, this is as far as the election commission is concerned. These are the important features. Now, the first Indian election commission was conducted in 1951-52. Mr. Sukumar Sen was the, um, uh, was the first uh, chief election commissioner. And you may be surprised to know the first election was conducted. There was a ballot box for each candidate. And the voter had to go and put it in the particular ballot box. The vote he had to cast his vote. So it was a manual voting. It was a ballot box for each candidate. But things have changed over a period of time. Now we have an electronic voting machine, which is only a single machine where the people can just press the button and cast their vote. Now, what is very important to note is the conduct of election is ensured by the election commission by number of procedures, the rules and regulations framed by them. They have the authority to, uh, as far as the Supreme Court itself has mentioned in one of its judgments, that when there is a doubt and when there is a legislative vacuum, the chief election commissioner cannot throw his hands in despair and then appeal to God for help. He has to take decisions, he has to conduct elections, and he has to ensure it is free and fair election. So the most important starting point for an I think uh, we seem to have uh, had a, have a mild uh, connection issue there. So we'll just wait for Dr. Krishnamurti to come back. I think they've lost him now. I think we uh, lost the connection. I think we'll just wait for uh, Mr. Krishnamurti to join us back. In the meantime, if there are any questions that you specifically have with regard to the topic at hand, you probably would like to share it in or using the chat box or something and type that out. Ramesh, uh, sir will be joining back in a couple of minutes. Okay. Uh, we are very sorry for the cut in the disconnection in the internet. This is something which is uh, unprecedented because Chennai is also a major city and we didn't expect this, but he will be joining back shortly. But in the meanwhile, um, I know a lot of us teachers are here and most of the time, uh, election and theory good lay Sadarno Wagi election matra la Namasarkar Dali Gramina Pradesh Dali Yade Chaturke and Adikari Veti Drupuda Adu Shikshakaran and Pagadori Adu survey early, census early, elections early, Yathet and the Javabdari the Kelsa Vigli, Adu Shikshakaran Yapkabu. Yerad the Distikonaide Kerosne to Hilkare, Yensar now Suna Kelsaka, now Sikti and Kelly Otaisiram Kel Madustare, Ata Wundu Distikon. But Nanige, 
ಕೆಲವೊಂದು ನೀವೆಲ್ಲ ಆ ದೃಷ್ಟಿಕೋನ ಕೆಲವ್ರಿಗೆ ಇರ್ಬೋದು ಬಟ್ ನನ್ನ ದೃಷ್ಟಿಕೋನ ಸ್ವಲ್ಪ ವ್ಯತ್ಯಾಸವಾದದ್ದು ನನ್ನ ಭಾವನೆ ಬಹುಶಃ ನಾನು ಹೇಗೆ ನೋಡ್ತೀನಿ ಅಂದ್ರೆ ನಮ್ಮಲ್ಲಿ ಶಿಕ್ಷಕರ ಪಾತ್ರ ಸಮಾಜ ಬರೀ ಶಿಕ್ಷಣದ ಕ್ಷೇತ್ರದಲ್ಲಿ ಮಾತ್ರ ಅಲ್ಲ ಸಮಾಜವನ್ನ ಕಟ್ಟುವುದಲ್ಲೂ ಕೂಡ ಬಹಳ ದೊಡ್ಡ ಮಾಮೂಲ್ಯವಾದ ಪಾತ್ರ ಇದೆ ಸೊ ಸಮಾಜ ಕಟ್ಟುವಂತ ಪ್ರಕ್ರಿಯೆಗಳು ಏನೇನು ಬರುತ್ತೋ ಎಲ್ಲದಲ್ಲೂ ಯಾರು ವಿಶ್ವಾಸ ವಿಶ್ವಾಸವನ್ನು ಉಳಿಸ್ಕೊಂಡು ನಂಬಿಕೆಯನ್ನ ಇನ್ನು ಉಳಿಸ್ಕೊಂಡು ಬೆಳೆಸ್ಕೊಂಡು ಜವಾಬ್ದಾರಿತ ಕೆಲಸ ಮಾಡ್ಲಿಕ್ಕೆ ಸಾಧ್ಯ ಅವ್ರು ಮಾತ್ರ ಮಾಡ್ಲಿಕ್ಕೆ ಸಾಧ್ಯ ಅಂತ ಇದ್ರ ಬಗ್ಗೆ ಮುಂದೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣಮೂರ್ತಿ ಸರ್ ಜಾಯಿನ್ ಆಗಿದ್ದಾರೆ ಅವ್ರು ಕಂಟಿನ್ಯೂ ಮಾಡ್ತಾರೆ In many countries, if the government employees are drafted for the purpose of preparing the voter register as well as conduct of the elections. In some countries, the option is given to the public to join as volunteers. But most of the Commonwealth countries, the practice has been to enlist government servants because if there is any, any irregularity, action could be taken against the person who is in the government. Whereas, if he is a public member of the public action may not be able to, we may not be able to take it quickly in any case so that is the reason why public servants are used for the purpose of conduct of elections why teachers there is a question uh, well traditionally it has been found that the teachers are have been doing a human service in the matter of conduct of election but i do agree that probably the teachers in higher schools could be avoided so that there is no disruption of the education at the higher school levels but elementary and primary as well as in the in the middle level schools it is good that the teachers are enlisted because the state teachers are can be you know relied upon for the uh, credibility of the election although there have been situations when the political parties have questioned the manning of polling booths by government servants or by the teachers in fact uh, there have been instances for example in uh, west bengal the then chief minister mr jyotinmay bhatu questioned our bringing some outside people into the state because we thought we will give some credibility there was a doubt sometimes that there were that the polling officials were prejudiced in favor or they were afraid of taking being independent so we thought we'll bring some outsiders so he wrote to me saying that you cannot bring outsiders into uh, the polling booths so i replied to him saying that i am not bringing foreigners into the polling station i am bringing bengali knowing officers who will be familiar with the voter roll both in Beng- because normally the voter roll is in local language and english so it is easy for us to know have the person knowing the local language so we have brought only people from adjacent states to improve the credibility of your election i am afraid that uh, you are uh, questioning this may not hold water of course he didn't reply to me later so there have been many occasions when sometimes the political parties have been have questioned the local people being used but as i mentioned the local people have knowledge of the local language they are also aware of the of the local conditions so it may be easy to employ them and so we generally prefer the teachers to man the election for example in kashmir when we conducted the election we used to take teachers from urdu knowing teachers from uttar pradesh and we used them again to improve the credibility of the election because the local people may have a tendency either they may not they may be afraid of taking decisions or they may not uh, they may be under certain influences so we try to bring some credibility from bringing sometimes outsiders but the point is the teachers have rendered a human service and many commonwealth countries they regularly use the teachers for this purpose and that is the reason why we have been doing it the second thing is as i said the preparation of voter roll or the conduct of election is a very important task in the conduct of elections you know the um, main main purpose of conducting election or the first step of election uh, democracy is to have a proper election if the elections are rigged you have a problem you cannot you not not only have persons who are not good or credible representatives of the people you also uh, allow irregularities to seep in the elections can be questioned in a high court by a petition and uh, it is very important that the preparation of the voter roll and the conduct of election is done by very responsible people and that is mainly the reason why we have been entrusting this to state governments and suggesting to the masses as possible to use the teachers but i entirely agree with the view that as far as possible we try to avoid the teachers in the higher classes to 
so that their classes are not or their schedule is not disrupted now elections conduct of election is not merely uh, conduct of election does not stop with just the day the election is conducted it goes beyond that the results have to be announced then the results uh, can be questioned in a court of law after that so a repetition could be filed and then the uh, list of winners list of winners in the election have to be prepared by the election commission again the presiding officers in the polling station he gives the certificate about the um, uh, number of votes polled etc and then the counting stations also teachers are used and some state government officials are used there also it is all you know watched by people one of the things you have to bear in mind is that the conduct of elections is watched by one and all it is not it is so transparent that any mistake or any irregularity can be questioned can be not only questioned before the election commission not before that district electoral officer or the presiding officer and the polling booths so these uh, are open to you know criticism so it is very important that you as teachers play a very important role you have lot of manuals prepared by the election commission it gives what are the steps to be followed the election commission also gives them training well before the election in each state both vernacular use of uh, vernacular training as well as training in english wherever it is necessary then the use of electronic voting machines is also you know brought to the is given people are given training in use of that machine because sometimes they may not know the intricacies of how the machine works and in fact the conduct of elections now is much more uh, organized much more technical than the conduct of election maybe about 30 40 years back you know in uh, the first two or three election it was not very difficult to conduct elections because more or less a single party was uh, ruling both the center and the states but it, from 1969 onwards there was a change out of regional parties and uh, different parties came to power so all the more the credibility of the election conduct of the election is a very important factor in assuring a good democracy in this country so i just want to say that you all play a very important role the uh, second important aspect as teacher you have is you have a duty to teach the indian students about the quality of indian democracy the procedures to be followed for example in uh, in australia they have a museum where they take the students and show how the electoral steps are followed how the registration is done how the voting is done how the counting is done etc so as teachers you may have a responsibility to impress upon the students when they become major as you know in india people vote from the 18th year onwards and it's quite likely the college teachers have a responsibility to tell them that election uh, exercise of a voting right is an important right and exercise conduct of election peacefully fairly and freely is again an important requirement of a good democracy so over a period of time i think the technique of conducting the election has changed there are number of instructions uh, election commission has brought out publication they are available in the website and i think they are also given when the teachers are enlisted they are told how, what are the rules to be followed circulars brochures they are all circulated and people are also educated on this so whenever for example when you are manning a polling station and you have a doubt what is the system to be followed whom should be referred there is a chief electoral officer in each state when the, when the election is conducted only for the state the procedure is slightly different when the election is conducted by the for the state central parliament the procedure is slightly different because uh, we have to periodically keep the public informed of the steps taken in ensuring free and fair elections so i would only say that apart from your duty in ensuring the credibility of the elections you have a responsibility as educators to bring it to the knowledge of the students particularly those who are above 15 and onwards how the election system works in this country and how the system has worked over a period of time fairly successfully and i thought i will also mention to you that india is the only country in the 
in the subcontinent around the subcontinent the country which has conducted elections continuously there has been no gap between one election and another in the sense that the parliament the transition of power takes place peacefully through an election process you take any of our neighbors whether it is pakistan sri lanka nepal bangladesh nowhere has it been as smooth as it has been in india and i think the credit goes as much to the election commission as to the people who are in the polling booths the the, the central paramilitary forces who got the polling stations and i think uh, over a period of time we have acquired an established name and there are a number of countries which seek assistance from india to in the in ensuring proper procedure for conducted elections so i thought briefly i have described the way in which the elections are conducted the way in which the teachers play a very important role in the conduct of elections and i think i'll be open to any question there are irata Uh, on the procedures we followed, because there are, as I told you, there are manuals published. These are on the website of the Election Commission, and if you have any doubts, you can certainly refer to the the district election officer who is the collector generally. And if he is unable to save you, say, help you, there are the observers who are sent to each constituency by the Election Commission. The observers are two kinds. One is a administrative observer, the other one is the expenditure observer. they have a different role to play but they can clarify they can visit your polling station when the election takes place and at that point of time if you have anything to be clarified you can contact them their numbers are circulated well in advance for all the uh, election officers uh, in the constituency and so uh, we have a fairly well organized system now although technically we are still improving matters so for example the electronic voting machine is a big boom to the uh, conduct of elections in this country because previously it used to be ballot paper where a lot of irregularities used to take place we know cases where bogus ballot papers used to be printed and then even the polling official used to be threatened then someone from the party whichever party it is will go and stuff the ballot papers in the uh, ballot box now we had one one case with that i think i'll close it in bihar we had to conduct a election again we call it as countermanding of the election that is normally the brahmastra of the election commission if an election there is a reason to believe that the procedures have not been complied with election commission countermands the election and conducts it again it has the power to do that in that particular election in the constituency chapra in bihar where we had a lot of complaints that bogus people were allowed to go into the polling station and then exercise their vote now this is something which um, which um, uh, is certainly not acceptable i don't know whether the polling officials were threatened by the uh, local people or gundas or what it is but we found a lot of irregularities we opened up the books we saw the registers and we found many irregularities had been taken place we record we passed a speaking order Uh, countermanding the election and i am mentioning this only from the point of view of the fact that if there are irregularities irregularities there are always questions asked and the election commission is as a responsibility to answer those questions and if necessary countermand the elections so you play a very important role and uh, i would like to appeal to all the teachers to understand the procedures well so that if there is any uh, irregularity you may have to explain why that irregularity took place so with these words i'll conclude my preliminary remarks and i'll be very happy to receive any questions thank you very much sir thank you for that uh, introductory uh, presentation i think one of the questions that has come up and also something that uh, you know uh, maybe there are also some questions that praveen is getting there is is, is that uh, uh, while uh, that there is a clear uh, when you, you when you've spoken about it very clearly that you know teachers are and uh, play a very important role in the entire process of uh, uh, conduct elections itself uh, uh, from uh, viewing it from the other side there seems to be you know uh, a lot of i i've read about this also there seems to be a lot of reluctance in in the teacher fraternity in terms of actually going in for election duty so uh, do you think there needs to be a more structured and organized kind of uh, an orientation training program that that ensures that you know teachers 
voluntarily become part of this uh, process of uh... no i can understand the reluctance on the part of some of the teachers in some states not necessarily in all states because in some states where violence or you know violence and hatred prevail during the election time there is a threat to their lives also there is a threat to their physical well being so it is true that in some places there is a reluctance to participate in the elections but i think over a period of time with the paramilitary forces available all over the constituencies all over the election time and you know nobody can uh, no uh, non voter can come except the authorized officials between 100 100 meters from the polling station there is more safety now than probably it was there earlier but um, as far as reform is concerned i do agree that it is possible to bring some reform in this regard maybe we can have a separate panel of people who are volunteering to do this work instead of forcing them to do the work but then here again you know we have about nearly uh, uh, 1 million polling stations in this country and there are some polling stations where naxalite infested areas we may have to go by aircraft be there for the time and then come back so there are certain difficulties in getting people on a voluntary basis so while it is necessary to bring in ex- uh, training maybe quality of training may can be improved in addition to that we may have to provide extra protection for these people in fact in the in the kashmir elections for example we did tell them apart from protecting them etc that if there is anybody who is you know subject to any violence injury or death we will fully insure them not the normal insurance they are treated almost like police or army people who are killed during the action so the some protection is given but i agree that over a period of time we may have to think of bringing in a new system whereby there are you know there is less reluctance on the part of the people who are coming to pull the to man the police stations so just add uh, to ramesh's uh, question uh, one of the things also raised by the teachers is uh, while uh, we know that teachers presence uh, brings credibility to the entire uh, process uh, in terms of the policies like if we take uh, the right to education act the act itself kind of says that teachers should not be uh, involved in any non academic works other than any relief work during nas- uh, you know disasters or only the 10 year census but we don't seem to be uh, talking about it openly saying that teachers play a crucial role in the electoral process any comments on that well um... i agree that um, obviously we have probably not done much of a um, uh, publicity on this aspect of the function of the teachers but um, i do agree that um, uh, you cannot be using the teachers for every election particularly we use teachers only because the elections are generally conducted when the schools are closed you know the general elections in india at least in the last few election they have always been conducted in april and may because we need the schools for most of the polling stations are in the schools so we need the school that is the reason we ensure that the schools are closed and they are not uh, actively engaged of course there may be some people who are rallying the papers etc i agree that uh, such uh, problems will be there i think we may have to have a proper correspondence between the state government the teaching fraternity and then arrive at some workable compromise but we can have a mix we need not have only teachers for this job we can have a mix of teachers and non teachers we can also invite public to volunteer themselves but the only difficulty we have in this is we may not be able to have control over public in case they indulge in any irregularity we can only file an fir and probably allow the court to take place but when the teachers are state government employees they are subject to certain discipline the supreme court has given a direction that if there are any irregularities noticed during the election time and indulged by those people who are manning the election including the state government servant we can bring it to the notice of the state government for appropriate action 
So this is the main reason why the state government officials are being used. But um, I, I do agree that there is a time has come now probably to have a mix of teachers and non-teachers. And maybe uh, here again that we give as much to the people who are volunteering to do the work. And also probably make it more lucrative for the teachers because I know there are sometimes complaints that they don't get the payment in time. It takes maybe months or years in some cases. So we may have to do some improvement in that area. So, uh, th there is a question specifically uh, with regard to the uh, the, the electronic uh, voting machines that you uh, yeah. referred to. Uh, while uh, while I do ac uh, understand and the, the given the the size of the population, the the, the convenience of the electronic voting machine, uh, we have seen uh, in the recent past uh, quite a lot of uh, you know conversations around the electronic voting machines uh, should to be replaced by uh, the. Uh, Ballot papers, or at least uh, you know the VPATs, where we, we at least get a, a confirmation. Though it is done for some uh, electro EVMs, not for all. Uh, so I uh, just wanted to share, get your thoughts on that uh, in the in, in terms of uh, the uh, the argument against uh, EVMs, as well as the uh, uh, how how uh, the 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 use of electricity. No, first yeah. point is I think electronic voting machines of India are a matter of national pride. They are manufactured in Bangalore and Hyderabad. Electronics Corporation of India, Hyderabad and Bharat Electronics, they make all the machines. And there are inbuilt at least 15 to 20 safeguards in the machine. There is absolutely no scope for any misuse. But then political parties have a tendency to blame the machine when once they lose the election. And uh, it may be of interest to know that two chief ministers, one chief minister of Punjab, Another chief minister from Tamil Nadu went up to the Supreme Court, questioning the credibility of the electronic voting machines. The election commission participated in the proceedings and they said, we are willing to throw it open. Anybody can prove how it is not credible. The Supreme Court gave the opportunity to both the chief ministers and they said they cannot demonstrate. In fact, the Supreme Court said you demonstrated in the machines used by the election commission. They said, that they have their own machines which in which they will prove how it can be. For example, by remote control, you can operate, etc. The Supreme Court did not accept that argument. And it is very important to know that the DRDO in, in Bangalore had a committee, technical committee to go through all these machines. And we also appointed a committee under an IIT director who submitted a report. He told me himself that he had, appointed, he had um, given the task to about 50 electronic engineers all over the country to find out any possibility of misuse of the machine. They were allowed to break open the machine. They were allowed to go into any aspect of the machine. And none of them could find any, uh, any defect in the machine. And for those who may be wanting to know, these two chief ministers who got elected in the next election, so through the electronic voting machine, they never talked about the irregularity in the election commission, in the electronic voting machine. So it is partly apprehension, partly political purpose in defaming the electronic voting machine. I have no hesitation in saying publicly, I have done it as election commissioner, as chief election commissioner, and also after retirement, that there is no need to doubt the integrity of these machines. In any case, in order to meet the apprehensions expressed by some parties, they introduce what is known as the VV patch scheme, which has been used on a percentage basis in most in some of the uh, polling booths. The question is whether you should have it in all the polling stations. Well, if that is the only way we can satisfy them, I have no objection. We should go ahead and have it. But it is unnecessarily waste of time and money on that. But if the credibility has to be established, I have no hesitation in saying that go ahead and have VVPAT in all the polling in the electronic voting machine. But as per personally, having a person who has visited these factories, having understood the working of these machines, having seen the safeguards provided, you know, these machines are not kept in one place. They're shifted from one place to another at the time of every election. For example, machine used in Bangalore or Mysore may not be there after the election. Only six months they keep the machine. If there is a repetition file, those machines are kept all other machines are sent to another state. 
and secondly before the conduct of election there is a mock trial mock uh, election where all the parties representatives have a look at the machine whether it works properly or not so there are enough safeguards but if the political parties still insist on having that we have no problem i think the election commission is willing to go ahead and have the vv pat in all the uh, polling station but it takes time because the, the machines have to be altered and i think it's a, as i say the engineers in uh, bharat electronics and engineers in bharat sorry uh, electronics corporation deserve a, a appreciation they have done a commendable job it's very cheap it's not expensive machine and it has enough safeguards but uh, our political b parties being political parties i think we have to make them understand the importance of it if necessary give them the uh, bb pat in all the constituencies but um, i will only assure all the people that if only we have the conventional system there will be more frauds and irregularities and if you want to improve at least improve the machine but not go back to the old ballot box system which is probably a disaster if it is introduced so just you uh just taking your uh, comments further sir there was a very interesting question from one of the teachers why not take it one step forward have online elections yes in fact we have considered this um, uh, over a period of time in fact iit madras uh, one of the professors uh, gave us a report as to how it could be considered but the problem is political parties are not accepting it because the privacy of the vote will be open to challenge because if you ask somebody to allow, allow them to vote from home they will be under undue influence of the party or the family member and so on it is actually an apprehension most of the educated people are not going to be influenced by others but then the illiterate or the semi literate people they can be influenced so there is an apprehension but what i have suggested is the internet voting could be introduced in respect of senior citizens handicapped persons so that they don't have to come and stand in the queue to conduct the election to record the vote so some categories for example the police official who participate in the election duty the diplomats who are abroad these categories and the armed, armed services people who are at the border they can all be allowed to do internet voting this is my personal view but i think in the covid time they are examining the possibility of giving some kind of a benefit as you know they tried to give it for all senior citizens but there was a protest and that measure has been withdrawn internet voting for senior citizens but now they have said only those above 80 can uh, use the internet voting but i think time has come i mean post postal ballot not internet voting so postal ballot also is subject to undue influence there are people who can force them to exercise the postal ballot also wrongly under influence of the political parties so in every system there will be some problem there will be some scope for irregularity but then as we march on the voting population is increasing in this country we have to make the best use of technology maybe in a graduated step so that you don't bring the change all of a sudden over a period of time we have to bring and i believe the time is not far off when internet voting will come maybe after 20 years but in the meantime it can be tried on an experimental basis for certain sections of the voting population thank you sir there, there are several uh, questions which are coming in uh, from teachers and and i think there is a, a, a deeper understanding uh, uh, which is sought with respect to the election process itself so uh, i wouldn't want to venture too much into that uh, and uh, stick to the uh, role of teachers in elections there are a couple of very interesting questions which came up uh, talking about um, uh, where they explained how in their schools where they have this election process and a student parliament being in place but uh, they they are in a kind of a catch 22 situation when it comes to the educational qualifications yeah uh, when it comes to candidates in a general election in india uh, there seem to be no qualifications but in a uh, in a school we tend to promote uh, meritocracy any comments on that yeah in fact um, this has been uh, raised on many forums as to why we can't prescribe an educational qualification uh, for the candidates contesting the elections uh, normally i would have said yes we can have some qualifications but if you look at the 
experiences of other countries will be surprised for example in pakistan there is a requirement a person should be a graduate can, when uh, when a person contests election you know all the madrasas gave certificate for whatever training they gave as equivalent to graduate and then the government accepted it whether they were really qualified for that purpose or not in fact there was a lot of criticism by the pakistani uh, election um, uh, observers that it has led into mis misuse of the system similarly in india we have number of uneducated people who have shown uncanny common sense and they have even done better in uh, representing the people so education in the modern sort or conventional sense sometimes may not be adequate to deal with the problems of representing a constituency we have had some teachers some ministers who have uh, some sorry ministers and even some chief minister who have not even studied for example in tamil nadu mr kamaraj and mr karunanidhi did not see beyond fourth or fifth class in the school so there have and uh, mr kamaraj particularly had an abundant common sense and he was able to get the work done to the civil servants so it, it, i'm not very sure whether education qualification is a must but i believe that education qualification is a must for parliament for the sorry ministers because sometimes uneducated ministers uh, enter into the cabinet i believe see, recently i saw one uh, minister in andhra telangana he is wanting to complete his school education is an education minister so these anomalies or these ironies should be avoided as far as possible i would say why as far as possible i would say it must be in, in, ensured that all ministers are educated they understand the files when they come to them the policy decision they take in a responsible manner so education is a must for becoming a minister or a, a person with a parliamentary or legislative activity but for contesting the elections whether it should be made a an oblig an important requirement is a debatable point but um, maybe uh, in course of time when the quality of uh, you know our um, teachers sorry quality of our um, candidates uh, political candidates improve we will have more educated people coming into the electoral system even now i am told uh, those who are contesting election at least about 60 to 70% of them are graduates those uh, no, the remaining persons are not graduates but um, ultimately it the will of the people and if the parliament amends the representation of people's act it's fine we have the election commission will have no objection but looking at the practicalities involved maybe we'll have to wait for some more time when educational qualification is prescribed as a condition for contesting candidates but personally the election commission has no objection it is open to the ideas but only you look at it as a as a democratic right of an individual to contest election whether we should prevent them or not maybe at least you can say minimum matriculation or the um, uh, uh, you know uh, 12 standard is necessary i am sure these, these these things will happen but when will it happen i don't know when our parliamentarians and political leaders will take a view in this regard thank you sir uh, one of the issues uh, that we uh, seem to be noticing is the uh, uh, in the voting turnouts particularly in the rural urban divide particularly in the Uh, younger uh, population. There, there's uh, there seems to be a greater turnout in the rural uh, areas than in the uh, the urban uh, groups. Particularly, there seems to be a disinterest in the, uh, or rather, a, a disdain for the electoral uh, process itself among the urban youth. So, I, I'll just club another question along with that. Do you think that it's a, a some sort of a model or uh, model elections within the urban uh, setup, rural election that helps uh, you know? children understand uh, not just the process but also the philosophy and the uh, uh, the the importance of the entire democratic electoral uh, process itself uh, firstly i would say the election commission in the last few years has brought out a lot of uh, literature material they have been i, I think reaching the students particularly the students population about the um, and about the importance of election about the importance of democracy and so on but um, as far as um, the uh, voter turnout is concerned there is a view that if a person has got a right to vote he has also a right not to vote so if he doesn't come and vote can we introduce a compulsory voting in india in australia it is there in singapore it is there there is a compulsory voting but now is it possible to introduce it in india 
Now, with 60 to 70 percent of the people voting, the remaining 30 percent, if they don't vote, I have to ask for explanation from the remaining 30 percent. Our political, our constituencies are, particularly the parliamentary constituency, is little more than three lakhs of people. If it is 30 percent, means 90,000 people, I have to write, issue notices, hear them, and take a decision whether I should leave a penalty. In Australia, almost 95% of the people come and vote, even before making it mandatory. So they have a problem with regard to a small segment of the voting population. Even that, they do not uh, they do not take it very seriously. They impose a monetary penalty and be done with it. Now, in India, if I do that, uh, let us assume that for 30% we issue notices. We'll spend most of our time only on that. And secondly, these will be challenged in the court. So all these things, courts will be flooded with such petitions against such penalties. So whether it is possible to introduce compulsory voting, I won't. But in Gujarat, for example, for panchayat elections, they have introduced compulsory voting. Maybe uh, panchayat and town um, uh, corporation elections, and to some extent, even state elections, we can consider whether, because the voting population is not substantial, we can take some action. But for a parliamentary constituency, to take action, uh, to introduce compulsory voting, I think it's next to impossible as of now. If the turnout improves, and the Election Commission has been doing a, a tremendous job in publicizing the philosophy behind the election, the philosophy behind uh, the periodical, uh, you know, the need to elect the right people, etc. They have been doing it. Maybe there is still some scope for improvement to reach every individual voter. Maybe they should get into some kind of a brochure, periodically send them, uh, get some communications, uh, wrap it up. All that is, I agree. But as of now, compulsory voting is not possible. As of now, the voting turnout of 60 to 65 percent is reasonably good. I won't say it's excellent. But as you said, the urban areas, the voting uh, voter turnout is less when compared to the rural areas. Here again, there are some states, even urban areas, it's good. For example, Himachal Pradesh, then Rajasthan, these are some of the states where the voter turnout is above 80%. Maharashtra, Gujarat is over 70%. So these are some states where the turnout is better. The political parties should play a very constructive role in these matters. But they are all interested only in their own vote bank. They are not interested in the, all the people coming and exercising their vote. Because there is a view in some political parties. If all the people come and vote, they may not get elected. So they are very happy that some people don't come to cast their vote. So there are very conflicting interests operating. And uh, uh, only if the quality of political parties improves in our country, there is some possibility of improvement of the voter turnout. But when compared to Western democracy, they are also not so good. Maybe Australia and Singapore are different. But if you go to UK or USA, it's not even 60% in some elections. So as of now, compulsory voting is not possible. The only way is to educate the voters. In fact, there is a recommendation that uh, election process should be taught in the high schools and colleges. So maybe these are some of the steps we may have to take to see that the younger generation takes more active interest and we get better quality candidates contesting the elections. Then the voters may come because we introduce what is known as the nota, none of the above. That is, if a person is not interested in the in the candidates put up by various candidate, uh, parties, they have a choice to exercise that nota right so that their their vote doesn't go waste, but they also ensure that it is not misused and they express their discontent towards the candidates. We thought, in fact, the Election Commission supported We seem to have a we seem to have lost uh, Krishnamurti again. And we are just checking to see if uh, oh. again it's broken. Yeah, I'll try to reach him on the phone. 
just bear with us i think these are the, this is not uh, something that that is normal because we do a lot of these uh, online programs and we have not had uh, you know <clears throat> disconnects but there is a first uh, first time for everything i suppose so i think this is the first time that we were having uh, you know actually getting disconnected twice We're sorry, I just reached out to him. His internet has again got disconnected. He said he's trying to reconnect. So Ramesh or Praveen could readmit him when he reconnects. Yeah. Anyway, like we were discussing before, a lot of uh, wonderful points that Sir brought to all of us. I think uh, it was excellent, especially some of you are actually, uh, I know Bhagirakshmi had raised a question about children and how they can be such a, uh, uh, it's a learning ground for them when you do school cabinet and school elections. So Sarah's come back and so I think he will continue taking it. Yeah, I, I'm sorry again it got disconnected. I'm sorry about the disconnection. No problem, okay. sir. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, any other questions? Uh, yes, sir. I think, uh, in fact, you were discussing NOTA, which was, in fact, the question that we were, you know, planning to... Uh, ask you about. I think you touched upon NOTA. There's one other question that, you know, that has been a question of hot debate. I think the last question for today would be your thoughts on the electoral bonds. You know, there's been much discussion on that. So, Well, uh, although it has nothing to do with the topic of the day, but I agree, electoral bonds is something which, uh, unfortunately, is a wrong um, step taken by the government. I strongly believe that the electoral bonds is not a right step at all. It has given an opportunity for tainted money to be introduced in the electoral process through a process which I may call it as oitening process. You are just because you are introducing the money through a bank, it does not absolve the responsibility of the government to ensure that good money comes into the election process. And I'm a strong critic of the electoral bonds. It should never have been introduced. And even now, in my opinion, it has to, it should be withdrawn if you really want the funding of elections to take place in a proper manner. I have given a suggestion to the government, to the election commission, which has been recommended to the government of India, that instead of having all this, you have a national election fund. And that money can be contributed by corporates as well as individuals directly and they can be given 100% tax rebate for the money given. At the moment, you know, they get a 50% tax rebate. The uh, political parties can give, but they are reluctant to give openly because if it is given to one party, there is another party which will find fault with them. So my, my own suggestion in this regard is to have a national election fund. The corporates and the individuals should be given the option to donate the money to that fund. That money should be used for funding all the election of the candidates. The guidelines for use of that money can be drawn up in consultation with all the political parties. In fact, we have a system of allotting TV, state TV time, etc., for various political parties on the basis of a consensus arrived at by a conference of all political parties. So it is possible for a government to think of a national election fund because if you allow parties to get money directly from the corporate individuals, you are opening the gates for a lot of controversy. The policy formulation gets affected and the obnoxious nexus between the election, between the political parties and the corporates results in distorted policy formulation. So they should not be given money to political parties. And political parties need not spend money for the election of the candidates. The money collected through a national election fund can be used. There may be shortages. The shortages initially may be met by the government. But if you give 100% tax exemption for these donations, monies will come from the corporates as well as individuals. And over a period of time, we can build enough money to conduct the election. Unfortunately, the ceilings that we have prescribed for various candidates are totally unrealistic. So there's a lot of cash expenditures taking place. And 
this um, electoral bond does not meet all this criticism it only enables the parties to get money from unknown sources and it is not a very desirable state of affairs and what, what is necessary is to make it transparent in us for example there is no restriction anybody can collect money but they do it by party conventions when they have uh, dinner tickets uh, priced and people can come and join and they can uh, they pay money uh, and contribute it to the political party they have no restrictions at all but what is a consequence of that is enormous public expenditure enormous funds being used in the election if that happens no poor person can contest election in india so if you really want to bring independent poor people competent people to enter the election arena it is necessary to do away with the present system including the electoral bonds and have a national election fund i know there will be difficulties these difficulties can be got over by suitable safeguards thank thank you very much for your patient and you know uh, very very uh, convincing uh, answers to all those questions sir i think uh, we could go to your concluding remarks yeah and thank you very much um, uh, mr um, dr balasubramaniam sir praveen and mr mesh and others members of the team i was delighted i'm sorry for the slight um, interruptions because of the sudden loss of internet but um, what i wish to say is you know uh, there is a lot of need for awakening of the people both in the exercise of their voting rights and also in uh, regulating these political parties one of the things i had recommended in 2004 and i have been i have written it in my book and i mention it even now i am writing some articles i i insist on having a separate law for political parties there is no law for regulating the operation of the political parties the association for democratic reforms one of the finest non governmental organization participating in the electoral improvement of the electoral system has brought out a draft law it was debated in a meeting headed by mr justice venkatachalaya where we considered all the pros and cons we suggested further changes but unfortunately no government has taken any initiative in bringing out a law for regulating the political parties so if you really ask me two areas where we can bring about good changes is to bring a law on political parties bring a national election fund the third one if it is mentioned is change the first past post system that we have it is all right when the country got independence when there was a lot of illiteracy in the country it is probably time for us to consider the voting system either proportional representation or a mixed system there are a number of varieties available because we have a country with too many diversities and your people getting elected they come with the votes of 20 to 30% of the votes they do not represent the remaining 70% and many of them don't have national interest they have the local interest so if you really want for the parliament to improve the quality of its performance the quality of democracy there's a need for these three changes urgently if if it is it can be brought about i think i'll be the happiest person It was, it was a wonderful session, sir. Thank you so much for responding to our uh, request and coming on uh, online and help, uh, helping us think through all these important things. I'm sure all the teachers are richly benefited. Now, Ramesh and Praveen can formally sort of go towards the closure of this. It has, it has been a pleasure, and thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank, thank you very much, sir. And uh, it, it was absolute pleasure. I think there's much that we learned, all of us here, and we thank you once again. So it was an honor to have you uh, as part of this uh, series, sir. thank you thank you thank you and uh, for the teachers uh, uh, do join us the next week we will have mr anurag uh, behar uh, who is the vice chancellor of the azim premji uh, university and the ceo of the azim premji foundation he'll be talking about uh, strengthening the education system in india and uh, specifically from the point of view of the role of teachers and the public education system uh, so do join in and do send in your uh, any comments any questions uh, in fact as the session was going on i and ramesh were discussing that we should ask sir to uh, share a write up on the electoral bonds for the teachers because i i am actually the uh, you know the 
clarity of uh, thought about it is much needed look for uh, in fact i have just written a book a chapter for a book to be published uh, soon the title of the uh, chapter is indian democracy is it illiberal or licentious <laughs> and um, that I, i because most of the western critics say that indian democracy is illiberal i don't think it is illiberal it has too much of freedom in this country too licentious democracy that we have so the illiberal features are there but it is more licentious and um, when once probably it is approved for publication i can share but in the meantime my other uh, lectures or my other um, comments are available i can send it across for you to circulate sure. to the participants thank That's you that will be very helpful sir Thank you, thank you, and may God bless you all. Thank you so much, sir. And I must say, Mr. Balasubramaniam is doing a wonderful job in the Vivekananda Institute, which I had the privilege of visiting some years back. Thank you, sir. Thank you so thank much. And 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 for all the uh, participants, thank you. Uh, have a great evening. Have a great weekend. Uh, also, you can uh, you know if you want to, this uh, recording of this would be uh, posted. The both the video would be available on YouTube, and we will also shortly uh, uh, have the uh, audio as a. Uh, the audio of this presentation that will go on our uh, podcast channel as well and you can also follow us uh, on youtube you just go to the vlead channel you can follow us on our podcast we are available on uh, spotify and anchor so you can uh, follow us there and also on our blog and uh, if you want you could write to either uh, praveen or myself you have a thank you very much have a great weekend and hope to see you soon again next week thank you best wishes thank you thank you sir